When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising. Mm-hmm. Football fever is burning through to my soul. Yeah. Cats, 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 you're gonna set me on fire. Mm-hmm. My brain is flaming, but I know just where to go. Yeah. The bill will be a rockin' And Bosco for your talking Purple love Purple love Bosco boy Oh, just a hunk of hunk of purple love And just a hunk of hunk of purple love And the bone heads are talking purple love. Boom, the boys are back. And folks, uh, I, I've talked about it all month of September. We are on a record pace and we have one show left in September. And I thought to myself, who can I get on to get us over the line and have our most downloaded month of all time? There was only one man to email. He is the Hall of Fame broadcaster of your Kansas State Wildcats. He is the voice of the Wildcats, and I'm trying to become his best friend. I know he has a lot of friends in the world. I'm trying to get in his inner circle. It is the legendary Wyatt Thompson. Wyatt, thank you for coming back on, my friend. Uh, What a start to this football season, man. Well, you're so kind with that introduction. I I want you to know how much I appreciate that. and and you know I love this job and and love K State so I'm I'm a pretty fortunate guy but it is good to be back on with you and it, that was a good win the other night I I guess we'll start with that because you know after the the disappointment that was Mizzou uh, and looking at the off week after UCF and two road games after that before we're back home on the 21st of October that was a big ball game the other night man against I thought a pretty good team was it perfect not necessarily but there were so many good things that you take away from it including will howard seeing the field uh, by the way um and what dj did was spe- giddens did was special uh you know i i think sitting here at three and one and the way the league is playing out i think k-state's going to be right in the thick of this thing i really do definitely well I am going to be haunted by that Missouri game. I was there. I, I'm not, I'm going to ask one question about not a, about the actual game, but you know, from your perspective as a broadcaster, for a super long field goal like that. Again, sadly, uh, it was Missouri lining up for it and it went through. But how do you broadcast that? Because I believe you guys are on the sideline. Missouri didn't have their video board set up. So how are you calling a field goal of that length with the game on the line? Maybe not knowing right, left. I know you've been doing it for a long time, but how, how do you look at a, a, a kick like that and decide, okay, is this through or not? <laughs> well, sadly and unfortunately, in this particular case, as soon as he hit it, 
I'm not going to kid you. He's he's more of a line drive guy, but he's a long distance line line drive guy. And I thought, uh oh, that's pretty much right on target. Uh, and I felt like it had a legitimate chance from, oh, maybe a second after it hit his foot. He really rocked it. And as it turned out, it it really was a terrific kick. And it, it was such an oddity to have it happen after the penalty and it marks him back. And you know what? Prior to the kick, I'm thinking he's not going to make this under these conditions. I, I'm just I, as good as he is. And he's really good, but I didn't. There wasn't any part of me, Scott, that thought that he was going to make the kick. And then when he hit it, I thought, uh-oh. And it was a punch. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, I, I thought K-State at, at times played well enough, but generally speaking, for most of the day, not quite. You mentioned it uh, already talking about that UCF game. At what point in the week did you think, all right, hey, Will Howard's going to be able to give it a go? Because – I won't lie to you, some of the smoke signals that came from Manhattan and made its way to me in uh, Johnson County here in the KC Metro, uh, Sunday and Monday, it was sounding like, oh, no, you know, we we might have to go with the young gun Avery Johnson to start this game. Uh, By about Tuesday, Wednesday, you're hearing, all right, maybe split 50-50. And uh, walking into the stadium, I was like, all right, Will's going to go, but how, how much can he go? When did you know? Will starting, and at what point in the game were you thinking, hey, he's got it and he's going to go the distance? I kind of started to feel Thursday like he had a pretty decent chance to be out there. Never once did I realize or think that he was going to be at 100%. It was just, you know, how much, how close can he be uh, once game time rolls around? And he was a lot better, honestly, than I I think uh, any of us thought that he was going to be it, it. You're right. It looked bleak on Monday and Tuesday. I'm not going to kid you. Uh, but you know, w- will said in post game that I was going to do whatever it took to play. And I, I know he spent a ton of time. I mean, a ton in the, in the, you know, training room with uh, Mindy Hoffman and, and her great staff. Uh, so, it, you know, on the, on the tough meter, will's going to from one to 10, he's going to be about a nine point something probably most of the time. I think that was a factor too. And just that want to, you know, I mean, you only get so many opportunities. Coach Snyder used to talk about that all the time. And and he's right, of course, like he was right about almost everything. <laughs> but it was such a good thing to see him trot out there. But I got to be honest, even, even through the whole week, once he got out there and made a couple of runs, I'm going, is this the guy we've been talking about all week? It was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I was shocked to see how well he run and again, uh, I, the, the final touchdown. And, you know, yeah. it, it was fun to hear your voice. I, I, I went back and listened to a couple of the clips because uh, I was at the game. But but hearing, you know, you call that final touchdown, which was a lengthy touchdown run for Will Howard, you almost kind of got a twinge of like, uh, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but the excitement is he's keep going. He's not going down. He's, he keeps going, then gets into the end zone. How how much fun was it with all the talk about, you know, lower we all assume lower level uh, injury based on how the end of the Missouri game goes to see him hop on the horse and what was it, a 31-yard touchdown run yeah. to ice out the game? That had to yeah, be a that, fun one to call. Well, it was. And and I think because of all of the things you talked about, you know, just the, the big game, uh, the circumstance, that was a hard team to put away. Uh, I mean – they K State. Let's let's be honest. K State 
after the first couple of two or three plays of the third quarter was the best team in the second half by a lot uh, after a real struggle in the first half. And, and a lot of that was will. Uh, I know DJ was the Doak Walker running back of the, of the week uh, nationally and all of those kind of things. And he had a spectacular game, but boy, when you look at the 82 plays and 35 minutes of time of possession and will completing what 27 out of 42 and, and making a couple of runs like he did. I just, I just admire that toughness uh, and hit and his leadership. I mean, you can just, there are just guys, you get that feel that there there's just something special about them. They at coach Kleinman calls it that it factor. And, and I think will has some of that. He, he went through so much early on that uh, I, I think that's paying dividends. Now he learned a lot. And he's a pretty, pretty tough character. Yes, he is. Uh, you and I, before the season started, talked about the kind of elevation of the level of talent that this team has. But sure enough, it, it's a story as old as time when it comes to successful K-State football. The two players of the game were under-recruited Kansas kids who came in, completely transformed their body in a strength and conditioning program and are setting, you know, the Big 12 on fire with DJ Giddens from uh, Junction City and Desmond Purnell, Topeka, Kansas. Uh, again, h- how much fun is it to see, you know, two native sons be able to make such big plays in a game that you mentioned? K-State had to have going into this bye week before two away games. How much fun is it to see, you know, two two guys grow up K-State fans from the area have such big games? I appreciate so much that question. And and to be honest with you, I, I love it because for me in the 22 seasons I've been here, that really is what K-State football is all about. It's hard work. It's it's blue collar. It's as Coach Kleiman says, this is a program where, you know, it's a developmental player developmental program. And all of that is so. I look at Des Purnell and I'm glad you brought him up too, because here's a guy that started out at safety. Uh, not that he couldn't play safety, but I remember a day, and I've told this story a couple of times this week in interviews. I remember the day that Coach Kleiman said to me, he's too good. We've got to find a way to get him onto the field. But not only that, here's the key, a little closer to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> he he is uh, pretty good there. And I, I'm proud of him for the way he's just turned into not only a really good player, but a leader and a, a guy that people look up to for he, he's only really honestly about five ten or so, but he's really strong. He can run. He's a good athlete, tickled to death for him. And, you know, DJ is one of the most quiet, unassuming young guys that I've had the pleasure to, to talk to in, in the time that I've been here. And I had to giggle when he, after the game, said he kind of equated his performance to a 20-pound catfish because he's such a big, uh, he's a, such a big uh, fan of fishing. I thought that was really pretty cool. That was a little bit unique. But one thing I think people are starting to figure out about him, you know, I think a lot of people thought he's just kind of between the tackle bruiser, but he's got a little shake to him, and he's got really good hands out of the backfield. Uh, yeah, he's not Deuce Vaughn. You know, there's only one, uh, a Deuce Vaughn, but this kid's pretty good football player, as it turns out. At what point in the game while you're up there in the box with Stan, uh, did you realize, okay, wow, th- this statistical, when you're when you're looking at, you know, his performance, this could be an all-time, you know, black ink record book type of game when it comes to K-State running backs. 
Well, I think after those first couple of runs in the third quarter, when they they got it really cooking there again, because it was obvious he had a really good first half. Uh, None of us necessarily thought that he was going to have a hundred yard game in the first half and the second half. Right. I mean, that was, and again, it wasn't just him, but he did a lot of really quality things. Uh, Coach is still talking about one of those plays where he came out of the backfield on the sideline and, and made a really hard catch. And it was probably a, I don't know, 10, 12, 13 yard gain, something like that. But uh, it, it took a little skill set to make the play like that. And and I think that that when you're challenged like he was, uh, and I, I think he got challenged from Coach Kleinman, Coach Klein, Coach Brian Anderson, uh, without Treshawn, dude, you pack it up. It's time to rock. And and uh, he didn't disappoint any of us, did he? He was pretty good. No, he, he did not. Again, you mentioned it, the Doak Walker National Running Back of the Week the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. And again, uh, I, I doubt we see another game where he's getting, you know, you know, 40 touches in a game because Treshawn will come back. But it is exciting to see that level of play from him uh, b- because, again, I, I'm a big fan of him. I was saying all offseason, hey, you know, Deuce is gone, but we still have a couple running backs. Um, how do you think that will kind of evolve the play calling and running back usage moving forward, uh, like I said, won't won't be 40 touches a game. But do you see a, a little bit of a separation when it comes to touches? Because it was pretty close to 50-50 before Treshawn's injury. Do they kind of protect Treshawn once he comes back a little bit and keep him a little fresher towards the end of the season? Or how do you see that going? Well, I think it's a very good question, honestly, Scott. And I'm not sure that I have the perfect answer for you uh, yet. I think that is still be de- to be determined. But the one thing that I would say is, is that, you know, he's done that now and, and has proven that he can do it. Uh, so you have that kind of in your back pocket, right? But that doesn't mean they're going to turn away from Treshawn because he has, even though he's different stylistically a little bit than, than DJ, I've said this from, from camp on that, I believe as we get deeper into this season, they'll lean on both of those guys. And there will be a lot of times where they're in the game at the same time. And that I think makes K-State better. You know, I think they also have a fabulous player in Ben Sennett. I think they have a couple of other young tight ends that they're so excited about, especially Garrett Oakley. You get into that 12 personnel stuff and, and you, you I'm, I'm just telling you with the, with the two back set, those kind of things, it's going to give people different looks. I, I like it. Uh, I think, if I'm being honest, though, I, I think Treshawn's good enough. He's still going to get his carries. They'll they'll figure it out. Colin's pretty good at that kind of stuff. Speaking of Colin, you know, uh, Chris Common mentioned it on your guys' radio show on his birthday, which, you know, you, you couldn't get Van Malone to fill in on, you know, Coach's birthday. No, but uh, <laughs> he, he mentioned how great things have been in the red zone, not only – uh, you know, on offense, but on defense as well. I at least think a lot of that has to do with year two for Colin and, and being able to have that comfortability, you know, 20 inside. What have you seen uh, in the red zone specifically on the offense? Because I believe, I think it's still above 80% touchdown rate inside the uh, red zone after last week. So what, what have you seen from up there uh, with the red zone success so far this season? Well, for me personally, it starts with a couple of things. One is is Colin, I think, has expanded his his play calling 
uh, playbook, whatever you want to say. And I think that year of experience has really helped him. I think he's only going to get better. And then secondarily, having a quarterback that sees everything most of the time like Will is, is really a big deal. Um, you know, you can argue all day long, you know, whether personnel-wise K-State is better this time because of Will's experience or whether because of Deuce and Malik, uh, they were better last year. But usually numbers don't lie. And for whatever reason, and I think it's a lot of Colin and a lot of Will, uh, K-State has been not just better, but quite a bit better in the red zone. And that's that's good to see because they don't have the same explosion without Deuce. And a lot of their scoring comes from long, sustained drives. So once you get down there, you better be good. And they have been. I was surprised to see Jake Clifton out there. I was excited to see Jake Clifton back out there. Uh, what point in the week did you think, hey, he, he might have a shot? Because Chris Kleiman gave us all the oop-de-oop, you know, on Tuesday. He's <laughs> like, you know, may, maybe still a week or two out for Jake Clifton. And sure enough, I think he had about 20 plays out there. Uh, what, when did that become an, uh, a chance that he'd see it? And what did you see from him in his return? Well, I'm glad you asked about him, too, because he's such a valuable piece. I felt like probably Thursday afternoon, I'm thinking, whoa, this guy's going to, he's going to get some opportunities. And I, I think if I'm being a thousand percent honest with you, I think his availability uh, probably even surprised the coaching staff a little bit. I don't think they were thinking that they would get what they got out of him the other night. Maybe a few snaps here and there, but maybe more ready to go for Oklahoma State a couple of weeks later. Jake's a very smart football player, and I remind myself every day he's still just a young, true sophomore. He still has a red shirt available. But the valuable piece comes in, and coaches talked a lot about this, is that he can play all three linebacker spots. And that's – I almost say that he's kind of the Cooper BB of the defense. You know, Cooper can play left guard, left tackle, right tackle. Well, he could play all of the spots, really. But – uh, you know, for, for a guy to be able to play all three linebacker spots at this level and understand the different concepts, because they are different, uh, it is really amazing. It's even more important now since Deuce Green has gone down, I think. I thought Austin, Austin Romaine did a really nice job in his first start. Uh, he's going to get there in time. I love his frame. I love his toughness. I love his smarts. He just needs experience. But it was also... Uh, I think a good thing to know that, hey, old Jake's right there behind him if, if, if we need uh, some snaps there too. Yes, uh, I'm going to ask about the offensive line in a big return there. But before we do, I want to give a shout out to my friends at Charlie Hustle. Again, they are back in stock with the K-State Beef NIL shirt. I know everyone was buying them right when it released. It sold out two or three times already. So if you're listening to this now and you want one of those great Charlie Hustle shirts, get over there and buy it. Also, I've been telling folks, hey, Oklahoma State's going to try to do a blackout on Friday. I think Lavender's going to pop really nice against uh, black. So if you aren't superstitious, if you need a new Lavender shirt or jacket, check out charliehustle.com, vintage made fresh. And, uh, you know, I, I saw some guests, uh, you know, hanging out around the athletic department uh, yesterday. I don't know who Bobby Bones is, but he seems like a big deal. And he was rocking Charlie Hustle. So you know what? If he's rocking Charlie Hustle, you guys should as well. Uh, Christian Duffy, finally back. Uh, you know, Taylor Portier getting up there as well. Uh, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that that might have been the best offensive line game so far, uh, getting that health back. How great was it to see Duff back out there? 
and, and, you know, will we see him about as close to 100% as we've seen him for Oklahoma State? I think probably so. It was really good having him back for, for a multitude of reasons. One, just his experience. I mean, the guy's been around for 40 career games, you know, and he knows what he's doing, understands the offense, and the continuity of those five guys means a lot. The other factor that, and I mentioned this with Coach Kleiman on his radio show this week, that I never really gave that much thought to was that it is as good as Cooper Beebe is moving around, uh, he's maybe the best left guard in college football. Why wouldn't it make sense to just leave him there and let him do his thing? And I, I get that. Um, never really thought about it like that. I was just more praising him for being smart enough and good enough to play multiple positions. And he can still do that. But having Duff back. And here's the other key thing. And, and Coach mentioned this, too. Carver Willis, after a little bit of a slow start, is starting to settle in himself. And behind those guys, you know, you've got a guy – they love those two young tackles. Uh, I think Beckwith is going to be really good. And and John Pastore, unfortunately for him, got dinged up early in camp and missed most of camp. And now he's starting to come again. And I love his frame and his toughness and those kind of things. So that there's still, you know, things to be done in the offensive line. But I thought the game with UCF was certainly easily a, a big time step forward. I'm glad you mentioned Carver Willis because I, I I do think, and I'm I'm uh, I'm just an emotional fan, so I'm not immune to it. But I think a lot of folks were uh, pretty harsh on the first two games, and because you the the loss in Missouri, I think it got lost that like he did play his best game of football. No one wants to talk about positives after a loss. I think he really right. made a step up, and, and you said it even despite Duffy coming back. I think UCF was his best game as well. Um, a lot of folks are focusing, oh, man, could could you be losing four out of the five starters, uh, maybe only three of five, because I think Chris Common might have snuck a little Easter egg in last night saying he expects Taylor Portier to come back. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens when it's all said and done. Uh, but I do think the future is very bright with this offensive line. And I think it, f- fans get a little lost saying, oh, there's linebackers and wide receivers playing as true freshmen. How tough is it for these offensive linemen to go – you know, from homecoming and prom to trying to block, you know, future NFL first round uh, defensive ends. And, uh, you know, our, our fans should fans, maybe myself included, maybe take a little bit of a chill pill and let these guys get up to speed before you try to make absolute statements. <laughs> well, I can understand both sides of the coin, honestly. And, and, and I'll start by saying this. I'm looking at my chart here and you've got 23 career starts for KT Leviston. 39 for BB, 18 for Gillum, 17 for Panzer, and 35 for Duffy. That's a lot of starts. When this season started, uh, 119 career starts for the for the offensive line. Now, that is significant because experience counts. But with that said, as we continue to go through this season and we see some snaps for Carver Willis and Taylor starting to Keep in mind, Taylor Portier missed two full seasons, man. It's going to take a little time. Duff missed all of camp, all of camp, and then missed the first, you know, three games. Uh, so it's take, it's going to take a little bit for him to get back. But I mentioned past story, and I, I mentioned a couple of other kids there, Beckwith. I didn't mention Andrew Langang, and, and he – 
he has a chance to be a really good player too. So I know they love Sam Hecht, uh, the kid from Mill Valley. I, I just, you're what you're going to lose is a lot of experience, but I'm just here to tell you, I think they like the skill set, and they've got a couple of two or three young guys coming in next year too to add to that group because you're always adding, right? I mean, it's just kind of what it is. I don't think they're going to be talent void after this year. Is the point? They'll just it'll be like uh, the secondary. You know, you're replacing Julius Brents and Echo Boydo with guys that are really talented, but they're very young and need experience. And that's kind of what we'll be looking at in, in 2024. Definitely. I have one more kind of football centric question before we end with a quick four pack of basketball. When the schedule was, re- was released and I saw this early bye week, I-, I was a little disappointed. I was like, man, you know, that that's really early, but as the first four weeks have kind of gone on and we've touched on a couple of these guys coming back from injuries, I, I can't help but think, well, you know, maybe it ended up, you know, in the right spot. Um, what was your initial thought when you saw the schedule, the early bye week? And as you know, we're in it, uh, you know, do you think it ended up being, hey, about what the doctor ordered? Well, I, too, thought it was a little early. I, I think in general, if if you could have it, you know, five or six games in, something like that, it'd probably be ideal more times than not. But, hey. You're going to play all these teams anyway. I mean, it's eight straight after after this week, uh, and that is a bit of a grind. But yet, when you think about the things that we've talked about, where you have another week and a half for Duffy, you know, week and a half for name the guy, Jake Clifton, Will Howard, Keegan Johnson, you know, <laughs> R.J. Garcia. That, that's quite a few guys that have been dinged up a little bit. Uh, and it's it can be a violent game. So in my personal opinion – it isn't, yeah, I'd like to have it a couple, two or three weeks down the road, but it just kind of seems to fit right now, too. All right. Well, I can't wait to listen to you guys down and still. I haven't decided if I'm going to drive down yet. I don't have a very good record. I don't think anyone has a very good record in Stillwater. <laughs> True. But ironically yeah. enough, the one I didn't go to was the uh, you know famous Skylar Thompson-Byron Pringle game. So maybe I'm bad luck. I haven't decided. I love going to games, but – uh, I, if I don't, I'll, I'll be listening to you guys. And heck, even if I do the K-State app, that's what I listen to you guys start post game as I walked back to my car on Saturday. Uh, let's get into a four pack of basketball questions before I let you go. This four pack sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. We're about to talk about the man himself, Jerome Tang. That's right. He didn't even, he didn't even coach a game before they gave him his own beer at Manhattan <laughs> Brewing Company Tang Party. I'm sure they're brewing that up again. Look, we saw we have the entire schedule now, so you know exactly what time you need to get to Manhattan Brewing Company. Have a couple pints, listen to Wyatt on the pregame as you drive up to Bramlage and get in and cram the Bram. Uh, again, we we have an off week, perfect spot to watch a couple of games, play a couple board games, have a couple pints. Manhattan Brewing Company. If your local liquor store doesn't have it, be polite but be firm and say, "Hey, I want it in here." All right, we chatted a little bit before we hit record. Practice just got started, so we can't go as in-depth as we did last year during the off week for football. Um, but what is, the, what is the mood? What is the vibe like around the team? I can't help but just be attracted like a moth to light uh, with the energy that they have. And uh, I don't know why I'm surprised I shouldn't with a Jerome Tang coach team, but even losing two All-Americans and you know a guy like Desi Sills – I can't help but get the vibe that their expectation is to get to Indianapolis. 
or no, I guess oh, it's not sure. Indianapolis. It's it's uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona this year. Yeah. Well, but you get the point. Uh, uh, advance and, and go aways, and and I think that's always going to be the standard here as long as Coach Tang is around. I think that's just his operation and, and the way he looks at it. You know, we're going to be very different looking, honestly, without Keontae and, and Marquise, and that's an obvious statement, right? But with that said, I think he's done a really good job, Coach Tang and his staff, of of, of putting together uh, a, a team that is a nice mix of older and experienced and a little bit younger uh, too. And and that was one of the keys to last year. You mentioned Desi. Desi had played so much ball. Keontae had so much ball, even Bebe to a degree and, and others. And it, it was a new group here, but it was a veteran group. And now you fast forward to this year, you think about the experience that David Gasson and, and Naquan Tomlin got a year ago. Cam Carter started 30-some games. So that's a big deal. Then you add uh, Tyler Perry, Arthur Kaluma to that. Um, and then those, I really like the three freshmen. Uh, uh, I, I really just, I mean, RJ's such a, a, a talented shooter in Day-Day. Um, he's left-handed. He's crafty. He's tough. Both of those guys, I think, will really, you know, do well. Uh, right out of the gate, probably. Uh, and I'm leaving out you know, Quez and, and, and a lot of guys here, but they have a lot of good quality hoopers. And I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the league in a league that is stacked. Um, I think the late addition of Will McNair, and he's every bit of 6'9", 6'10", and 260. He, he runs pretty well. Had a chance to uh, watch him a couple of days ago. Uh, they just have pieces. You know, I love the flexibility of Naquan and David, you know, big guys that can move out and shoot the three. And Kaluma is actually a guy that's got probably will make a few threes, but he's also the kind of guy that'll maybe miss a, an eight foot floater and dunk it on the on the follow. Right. So I just think they're going to be very competitive. They're going to defend. I think it'll be a pretty good shooting team and they're going to play with a lot of energy and try to play pretty fast. Yeah, it gets off to a hot start playing USC. That's going to be on TNT, the opening night of college basketball. Uh, it's going to, you know, I'm sure they'll have the NBA crew out there. I'm sure that's going to be a quick turnaround for you guys because uh, I, I can't, re- it's the Texas game. So you guys will, are, are you flying fr- straight from Austin out to Las Vegas for that one then? Yeah, Stan and I will. Yeah, we've actually just made those arrangements yesterday. <laughs> and that's, that's really going to be cool because, uh, you know, you go to Austin and that could be such a big football game. And then, boom, you're, you've got K-State and USC and Vegas at T-Mobile. Uh, what a way to start the college basketball season. It's a good schedule for the Cats. Hard, but good. <laughs> and uh, that, that'll that be a, a wonderful way to start. Yeah, and, and USC going to be one of the most talked about college basketball teams. So my second question is, uh, when, when you look at the backcourt, that's really kind of what drives college basketball teams. How important is it for Cam Carter to step up, not only, you know, maybe on the on-court performance, but also kind of being a vocal leader to pair with Tyler Perry? Because he was he was around last year. He went through it last year. Um, and not to take anything away from Tyler Perry, but North Texas is not, you know, playing Big 12. They're not playing, you know, a marquee game versus USC to open it up. So how important will it be for Cam Carter to take a couple steps forward as one of the leaders of this team? Well, let's talk about both guys for a second, because I think Tyler will be a really key guy, whether he's playing the point guard or the two guard. 
he's a really talented player. He's not the biggest guy, but he's an elite shooter. Um, and, and, and the, the real key, I think for me, for him is a year ago in their system at North Texas, they played pretty deliberate, slower basketball. So this will be a change for him, but I think it'll be a change that he's going to like. Uh, so, so you have that then with cam, you know, I I have to be honest. When I first saw cam a year ago, uh, I really loved his athletic talent. And I said at the time, and I still believe this, that he will be one of the better defenders in our, our league uh, b- before it's all said and done and probably sooner rather than later. Then comes last year and, and in a starting role and, and all of those kind of things. Uh, but since the end of last year to this year, I can't even – really put into words really how much he has worked, how hard he has worked on his offensive game, and he has made himself a better shooter. And that was really the one thing that probably was missing from his game. I I think he is one of the biggest keys to the basketball team, if I'm being honest. We can, I can ramble on and on and on about all of this stuff, as you know, but I think Cam will be a huge piece for K-State this year, huge. You mentioned Arthur Kaluma and Naquan Tomlin. So for my third question, both those guys go through the NBA draft process. I've seen early mock drafts that have had both of those guys, you know, at the back end of the first round. And I even saw an article that had Naquan Tomlin mentioned as a sleeper for a lottery pick. You have to go back to Michael Beasley and Bill Walker to have two guys, neither one of them ball care or ball handlers uh, to have that sort of accolades on the same team. How big of a matchup uh, problem are they going to be for teams in the Big 12? And again, Tyler Perry, Cam Carter, we, we have a lot of dudes. But when you look at those type of guys and their skill set, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that might be the big headache for the Big 12 this season. Well, I want to get to Naquan in a second, but I'll, I'll, I'll start at the other end of the spectrum there, I suppose, because I think you're going to love Arthur Kaluma and how hard he plays. He is just a warrior out there. He's really, really tough. He's a, a bouncy athlete. Um, I, I just like everything about him. He he just plays, you know what I mean? And he's he's another guy that's going to be a, a good defender, a good rebounder. He's going to be somebody, if, if you play against him, you probably don't like him very much because he's going to get get after you. Uh, and then Naquan to me is one of the most intriguing athletes I've seen on a basketball floor in a while. Uh, even going back to when I first saw him a year ago, he's so uniquely different at six, nine and because of his ability to handle the ball uh, and he, he can handle it. He can pass it uh, both hands. He can run the floor. Um, if, if I could change him, at all, I would make him a little bit thicker to where he could put a little more muscle on that frame. But you, you mentioned the NBA workouts. The, the, the NBA people really loved his skill set. Um, they're they're going to continue to like what he does because he works so hard at it. Um, it. It would not stun me at all if he were close to being a lottery pick when it's all said and done, if he continues to stay healthy and work as hard as he's working. Those two guys will be really big for the Cats. All right, and then the final one, uh, probably could have led the entire show with this, but uh, I think we all knew, hey, you know, the extension for Coach Jerome, well, I, I think technically new contract, I think is, is the technical uh, way they went about it. Uh, I don't think any of us were surprised. I think 
Uh, I think it was pretty well documented since about the late spring, early summer that, hey, it's about done. They're just working through some legal jargon. Uh, but a seven-year deal, I'm sure the deal will be done multiple times You know, in the next seven years if things go the way <laughs> you and I hope they will. But how exciting is it to be at K-State and see, hey, we're locking up Jerome Tang and by extension, a lot of those guys on staff here for the long run. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned it before we hit record, how, how great it is to be around Coach Tang. Um, I can't help but think that that's just another shot of energy in the arm for everyone uh, around Veneer and uh, Manhattan as a whole. Well, you know what? You said a lot there, and I, I'll go back to the to the summertime and the catbacker tour. I, I don't know that I've ever seen K-State Nation as excited going into a year as they were this past summer, spring and summer, just, just because of what Coach Kleiman has accomplished and, and what everybody hopes K-State football is going to be this year but also with Coach Tang and his staff. Um, they kind of set K-State Nation on their ear last year with, with everything that happened. Um, he, he is such a unique individual, uh, and I think he got everybody on board so fast with, you know, let's do it the right way. And, and, and they, they had a, a fabulous year, and they're, they're recruiting like crazy. Um, he's not afraid to go out and play people. <laughs> he, he just, he's just the whole package, I, I think. And, the, you know, there aren't very many of those guys walking around available. So that was a big get. And I couldn't be more happy for he and his family and, and really for, you know, Gene Taylor and, and us here at Kansas State Athletics. But, but for K-State Nation too, man, um, K-State basketball's in pretty darn good shape right now with that guy. No question about it. Definitely. And, and as we, we said, you know, a lot of it goes back to Gene Taylor hiring, hiring Chris Kleiman. And then again, the ESPN way too early women's basketball top 25, Jeff Mitty's squad in the top 25 baseball looking to right the wrongs of the uh, NCAA tournament twice. I feel like they've probably been uh, hard luck uh, turned down for the tournament uh, volleyball off to, you know, two and one start in uh big 12 play. Uh, the soccer team again they're so close on so many different games i i just think the 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 time to be around case athletics right now is hard rivaled by any other time and uh, i'm i'm jealous of you get, getting to be right there in the <laughs> middle of it because i tell you what it, it, it's a great as coach tang says it's a it's a great day to be a wildcat well it is that's that's absolutely right and you're you're on target there buddy with with a lot of things going on and a lot of if, if not all of the programs right now that's that's the exciting part and you know, fundraising has been great. You know, we, we have some of the best facilities in, in the Big 12. They may not be the biggest or the shiniest, but boy, they are good. Um, and, and and you can recruit to this place because you can come here and get a good education and be so entertained with the athletic programs and all of those kind of things. It, it's it's all good. I, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I walk into this office every day and I look to out of my window here to the north and see that football stadium and all of the things that surround me in this this office. And I think, what a lucky guy you are, buddy. Don't ever take it for granted. And I try really hard not to, but it is awesome. Well, I'll say as someone who who listens to you, uh, you know, I, I don't take you and and stand for <laughs> granted on the call, Brian Smoller. Uh, everything that goes on com- coming out of uh, your guys's work is is second to none. Uh, and then again, you know, if folks ever miss, I'll, I'll do a plug for you. If folks ever miss 
your show with uh, Chris Kyman and then with uh, Coach Tang. You know, if they if they're not listening live, it's it's out on the podcast app. So if you guys are listening yeah. to me, you guys can find those coaches' shows as well, which I think are second to none. Uh, Wyatt, thank you so much for giving me again, as always, more time than you know. I tell you, I'm going to take, but I'll let you address the boneheads, our fans, and any other K State fans who might be listening, uh, and then I'll let you get back on with your day. I appreciate that, man. It's always great to talk to you. I love talking K-State athletics, and I know you have a big passion for it, too. So that's a win-win, my man. A win-win. Well, I appreciate it. So that's all we have, uh, folks. Uh, we'll, we'll get back into uh, the t- typical stuff uh, next Wednesday. I have a couple you know, aces up my sleeve for Monday and Tuesday before we preview K-State Oklahoma State on Wednesday. And then again, that's a Friday game. So uh, you know, get on your horse, get get on down to Stillwater if you want. It's a it's a very reasonable drive. It's only four and a half hours from my house up here in Johnson County. I think I think folks kind of forget how close Stillwater can be. So if you don't, give Wyatt a listen, and uh, that's all we got. So for Wyatt, for Chauncey, my dog who's been staring at me this entire time, he's a very good boy. Uh, we love you guys, and go Cats! Go Cats! Hail to the
Social Podcast Network.